This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. When I say canal, you might think of the Suez, Panama, or Erie canals. But we have a canal right here. It's the Illinois and Michigan Canal, or I&M. Some people credit it with making Chicago an important trading center and the city it is today. The area around the canal is known as the I&M Canal National Heritage Area, and advocates recently launched a discovery challenge for people to get to know the area and its history. So here to tell us more is Anna Koval, president of the Canal Corridor Association. Hi, Anna. Welcome. Thank you. Glad let's, to be here. Yeah, let's start with some basics, Anna. Where is the I&M Canal located and, and what waterways does it connect so it's called the Illinois and Michigan Canal because it collect, it connected the Illinois River and Lake Michigan. Um, so originally when it was built in 1848, um, it was 96 miles long, started in kind of the Bridgeport area where the south branch of the Chicago River and Bubbly Creek come together mm-hmm. and um, extended 96 miles out to where the Illinois River was then navigable in the area of LaSalle, Peru. How long is the canal? 96 miles. 96 miles. And so it originated in Bubbly Creek uh, on the southwest side of Chicago, but the construction of the Stevenson Expressway, that changed it. Give us the history there. Yeah, so the canal was originally built in 1836 through 48, and um it was um, very important at the beginning, and I can go into that later, but um, by 1933, uh, the canal closed, and so then in 1957, when they were building the Stevenson, I believe they called it the i Canal Expressway when they were building it, okay. they took the first eight miles on the eastern end, on the Chicago end, and so that's why you don't see it in Chicago anymore. Um, but most of the rest of the canal is still there. Um, once you get to Willow Springs, there's a piece, and then once you get to Lamont, um, then it goes all the way out. It's now a state park. I see. Um, building it just sounds like it was quite the undertaking. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't really any new technology. Canals had been around for a long time, but um, it was all done by hand. Um, and mostly um, Irish immigrants dug the canal. And it did take 12 years, not because it was that hard, but because we had a worldwide depression in that time and lots of infrastructure issues just like we do today. So finally opened in 1848. Can you tell us a bit more about the role that the Army Corps of Engineers had in, in making it navigable? So the the Army Corps of Engineers really weren't um, involved in the INM. Um, so it, they came in and made the Illinois River navigable, which is really what put the INM out of business. So um, when initially when the INM was built, it was built through a canal commission um, through the state, and they. Um, actually contracted out one-mile segments of the canal, and different contractors bid on it and hired workers, and they dug those one-mile sections. I see. What was the end goal here of the canal? (laughs) Uh, And how do you think it—talk about how you think it played a role in in making Chicago the city that we see today. Yeah, it played a tremendous role in it. Um, So— 
kind of what the Erie Canal started. A lot of people know about the Erie Canal that was built in the 1820s. Uh, we finished with the INM Canal, and those were the two gaps in a water highway uh, that went from New York Harbor uh, to New Orleans. So once you fill those two gaps, then you could send uh, people could travel, and you could send heavy goods to kind of build a civilization. So it really changed the face of the upper Midwest. I like to tell people if you think before the Erie Canal, New York and Philadelphia were the same size cities. Uh, once the Erie Canal was built, all the money moved to New York, and New York is still a financial center. You look at, at it here in the Midwest, uh, the St. Louis was way ahead of Chicago as the premier Midwestern city before the canal was built. But once we built the canal, all the money moved to Chicago. The Board of Trade opened the same year. And so, you know, Chicago's still a financial hub, just like New York. So it was really yeah. the two canals that, um, that really catapulted both of those cities to where um, and gave them a boost during um, the 1800s. Yeah. And as we talk, Anna, about the population flow, right, all, all be due to the canal, uh, we should note that uh, it allowed white settlers to come into this area too, right, and, and displaced Native populations. Um, certainly. As the country developed and, um, yeah, President Madison was the first one to advocate for for the canals to open up this area because they were looking to expand the country. So yes, there was displacement, certainly, not just for the canal, but for the idea that they wanted to move people into this part of the country, for sure. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking about the INM Canal with Anna Koval, president of the Canal Corridor Association. As I mentioned earlier, Anna, you, you just launched the Canal Discovery Challenge, right? And it's meant to raise awareness about the uh, Canal National Heritage Area. So can you tell us more about it? Certainly. So this is um, just a fun way we came up with to encourage people to really explore the Illinois and Michigan Canal. And we're a national heritage area here. We were the first national heritage area designated in the country in 1984. There are now 55 uh, national heritage areas. So um, a lot of people don't realize all the resources we have here. Um, so what we did was um, we came up with this challenge um, to help people explore the region. And we asked them as they're exploring the region to post or submit photos of some of the places they visited. And so we've designed this challenge and this game around it, and we have prizes and, and those kinds of things. So the whole idea is really designed around our interpretive signs. We have over 230 interpretive signs uh, in the landscape from, wow. you know, going from a really, um, most of them um, start in Hodgkins and go all the way out to LaSalle, Peru. So you find the signs and you uh, photograph the location and post them and you're entered to win. Uh, we have monthly prizes and a grand prize and all. So, you know, that's the game part. But really, we designed to make it easier for people to come visit and have fun on a day off. 
um, what's behind the QR codes on the sign is mm-hmm. more information about that location, right where you're standing, where you're at, so you learn a little more history. It um, uh, also suggests activities you can do at that area, as well as local restaurants, places um, to go. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, it's really designed to just make it easier for you to have fun on your day off or on the weekend. Did that take a while to put together on your end? Yes, yes. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like are, it. Yeah, those are a lot of... Uh, of uh, I bet there's a lot changes. of work in 200 signs. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, But um, again, it's just a, another way to help people learn about the local history um, and we don't just interpret the canal era. We're interested really in everybody's stories and the story of this place and all, all the people who've been to this place. And, and uh, yeah. so those are some of the things that we um, like to put on uh, the signs or behind the QR codes or on our website and all so that people can really understand where they're at. And you've got these steel silhouettes along the trail? We do. We do. We have 48 uh, Corten steel silhouettes, and they were designed uh, to introduce you to 48 real people. We chose silhouettes instead of statues because they're more economical, but also because we could depict people that weren't necessarily famous, so people who we didn't have, you know, before photography, um, people who didn't have a portrait or whatever. Um, so, and at each of these silhouettes, you learn a little bit about that person in particular, and then about the group they represent, whether it was an immigrant group or um, a group of workers or a family. Um, so it's another fun way to learn local history through individual people. And you mentioned this earlier, Anya, that we, we can't see the canal here in Chicago, but remind us, where can we start seeing it? So I would say the best place to start seeing it is in Lamont. Um, but uh, two really good places to start the challenge would be either in Lockport or in Morris, um, because both of those canal towns have unique shops, interesting places. Uh, they both have the canal trail adjacent to their downtowns. Um, so there's a trail you can ride. We have bicycle rentals along the trail in both of those communities. And they have a lot of signs. If you're going to do the challenge, <laughs> you'll find a lot of a lot of information there. Oh, so good. they're yeah, they're two good places to to start. Um, but I also have to put in a plug for LaSalle, where we have a um, INM Canal boat. Um, we're just not starting the boat rides um, until the end of May, but from the end of May until October, um, you can come see us there. Play the challenge and meet Mo or Mule who pulls the boat. Nice. the The National Heritage Area, of of course, includes a lot to see. You know, it's it's perfect for if you're thinking of like a day trip from the Chicagoland area. Tell us a bit more about some of your favorite canal towns, Anna. Well, it's hard to play favorites. Everybody <laughs> has something different. Um, but, you know, I think that also besides the canal towns, and you can kind of go from one to another, so you can spend the weekend. A lot of people come out to Starved Rock area and spend the weekend, and so that's another asset right there and something else to do. So I think it just depends on really kind of what you're looking for. 
Um, but each town has kind of a different flavor and um, different shops and different little museums. So it's really what you're, what you're looking for. A lot of people just walk along the canal. I mean, it's quiet, it's scenic, it's, um, you know, just a nice time. Yeah. And uh, the challenge is running through October, but I understand those QR codes are going to remain past then. Is that right? Yes, of course. And actually, we'll make them better and better. So as we see which ones are favorites for people, we'll, we'll keep adding content so um, people can learn new things. And actually, we're coming up next year, 2023, on the 175th anniversary of the opening of the canal. So, um, well, that's great. Yeah. We'll so have to have you back. We will. We will. That's Anna Koval, president of the Canal Corridor Association. Thank you for joining us, Anna. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.